0: Good morning i'm tim neubauer and welcome to safety unlocked the morning podcast
1: and i'm dave Bittner. today is thursday may 11 2023
0: i keep waiting for that may the fourth may the fifth be with or fifth be with you so the 10th (laughs) or the, the the 11th just isn't rolling off our tongue you know um our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics so Chad's not here today so i get to pick the what is happening today events and because it is i get to choose the food and today is national eat what you want day it's also national cupcake hostess cupcake day so yay for me i love cupcakes they don't love me
1: so are you saying you want to eat cupcakes since yes, it's, it's National Eat What You Want Day.
0: Eh? I uh, I will um, I will go to the store and see if they're giving them away for free, and if they are, I'll eat them. But I'm actually in uh, Chicago today, so uh, normally we broadcast out of um, out of the uh, home studio in North Carolina. But today I'm up in Chicago, uh, up working with a client today, so I'll have to find some place that sells cupcakes around me. I'm pretty sure third biggest city in the country. I'm going to find some
1: place. Yeah, known for culinary delights i think you'll be okay
0: yeah the pizza um uh yeah yeah i always feel like i'm cheating because i'm originally from uh, milwaukee and chicago is our arch our arch rival 90 minutes to the south of us with the bears and the, uh, the blackhawks and you know we got to be a green bay packers and and um yeah yeah it's also national make a book day so celebrate the day by uh, writing down some notes and making yourself a book could be just a book of what happened today. Uh Dave, here's one that you love. National Technology Day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, Tim. All right. He calls now, me a lot. I yeah, I, I don't does. do as bad as Tiff thinks. You know, I had a couple problems and, you know, now I hear about it forever. I guess that's that's where you get to pick on me. Yeah.
0: So, so <laughs> uh I, I will pick on um we have a new employee where if it uh I'm a little concerned if it was not for his wife setting up his uh His uh, technology, um, uh, his phone would not work, nor would his laptop work. Uh, She almost needs her own separate passcode to help him out in tech support. But I got to tell you, he's 10 years younger than this, so it kind of makes me laugh. Yeah. (laughs) All right, here's one, Dave. Brace yourself. Today is National Twilight
1: Zone Day. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh. It makes me immediately think of the one with William Shatner on the plane and the Gremlin hanging onto the wing. The which... movie plus the original black and white version. Oh yeah, it's always the you know the original. Yeah. Rod Serling, black There's and white. F- <laughs> there is a fifth dimension
0: beyond that which is known to man. It's as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. And the sad part is, I'm not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> not only of
1: sight. Bit of sound and of mind,
0: yeah. I, <laughs> Look out! There's a signpost up ahead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta have the cigarette, you know. Yeah, you know, he was. He wasn't a very tall guy. He was. He was. You know, I think barely. You know, five foot something, um, but uh, you know what? He had a big. He had a big voice. He had the the, the right stimmer. and he could just yeah. you know, I, that opening was something else having worked
0: in in radio for decades of of my life um people I say they like my voice and in my head I sound like James Earl Jones and I know when I hear it back it's not the same but I wonder if Rod Sterling had that same thing of he sounded really good in his head and then when he because he sounds great you know I don't know if you oh, ever absolutely. saw this I don't ever saw this but the people who do all the the voiceover work for like um um the big movie theaters and production, and the voice of like in a land before time. They have all those guys, and they are riding together in a limo, and they're trying to talk to each other, but you're using all their gone, or are they? And they're doing all of <laughs> their normal voice as they're talking. But wait, there's more. <laughs> and it's it's on YouTube. It's probably twenty years old, and I love watching because you actually get to see who these guys look like. Then they don't look like who you think they are.
1: So. But wait, if you act now, for just $9.99. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Three equal
0: payments of $35.50 will get this to you at no additional charge. Buy two, get the four three. Yeah, yeah, those are all the fun ones. Um, today's topic, how leaders can use that big booming voice of theirs and their mega microphone to affect safety. So one of our, our our cultural things that we work on at Exceed Safety, and we're working with the clients, is training leaders how to effectively communicate safety, but how they can affect safety. So the effects of what they say and how they affect things. So Dave, you have been a uh, uh, what I will call a a, um, a frontline leader in the trenches. Talk to me about some of the strategies that you use. To change how people perceive safety,
1: first of all, be the change you want to see. That is what that is what the uh, the regional safety manager would say, and it sticks. Um, the first thing you need to do is be the example. If if you are a uh, if you are a leader, when you go out there, you need to be wearing the same PPE as everybody else. And I've seen that at every level. Um, corporate visitors come out in their loafers um into a into a plan environment um, you know not wearing safety glasses or whatever uh and people notice that right away right so the, coffee the cup, marker, right coffee cup in, in a non you know no food or drink area um you know people and they think, well, you know, you're above the rules. So if you if you don't have to follow that rule, why should we? I mean, it should apply to you as well. If it's unsafe for me, it's got to be unsafe for you. So first of all, set the example. Um, and uh, last podcast, Tim gave a, a good example of uh, cleaning the floor on his hands and knees and painting lines. Um, so show that you are you're willing to do the work and that you know how to do it safely. Um and if you don't know how to do it safely, then don't do the work. Ask one of the workers. Um, that is a that is a pivotal part of the Six Sigma system is ask the worker. Um, so those are some of the, the things that I use. When you ask the worker, it empowers them, right? So it does a couple of things. You may one get over your ego and get an insight about something in the safety world you didn't know. Like there may right. be a glitch on a machine or, or on a tool that you don't know about that you may need to help correct. So be present, be an example. Those are some of my best, uh, best methods.
0: I love the, um, when you said, if you don't know, don't do it. Cause um, I've actually used um, a strategy for my entire career. Uh, And I remember uh, uh, I worked for a company the last time I was an actual safety director a long, long time ago. Uh, The owner of the company used to play professional hockey. Um, And he was the guy that beat up the guy on the other team. (laughs) So he was a big guy who ran a big company and he had hands like bear paws, you know, and he was very intimidating physically to the workers, but cared deeply. And uh, so one of the things I did to help him is I made what we call the president's inspection list. So he would go out to a, a facility or a site, and he had to ask three or four questions. Um, and one of the, the things that he would do is uh, ask the, the employees to, he, he'd say, I don't know much about this form building stuff. Can you explain to me the hazards? And what we need to do to keep you safe. I'm telling you, Dave, this guy knew everything about everything. He knew as much about safety as I did, but he would go out there and he deserved an Oscar because he would tell the employees, I don't really know what you guys are doing here. Explain it to me. Explain to me the safety hazards. And what it really created, talking about how leaders can affect safety, it created a three-minute dialogue with an hourly laborer telling the owner of the company how you do a task. From their perspective and what the hazards are and how you need to protect yourself that leads to the conversation on safety and shows the employees and the rank and file workers that leadership cares and i always try to break it down into two different categories there is real leadership and then there's a perception of leadership and and i'm not going to mention any politicians or business leaders out there because i don't want to start the whole crap storm of, of of this stuff but if you have real leaders will spend the money spend the time put the resources in place make sure things are happening okay but if the employees don't see that the budget money is being spent or they don't equate that the training they're getting is is part of the of leadership from uh, from their bosses keeping them safe then you kind of have to be that shameless self promoter which is a newsletter that comes out and says, look at all the wonderful things that we are doing. Um, if you're not selling yourself on it, love the voiceover guy, <laughs> the wonderful things we're doing. Uh, so if you're not doing that, okay. then the employees don't know that you're doing it. So this is one of those ways of getting out and actually talking with the employees. So they would grab one employee, one field worker, and we still do this for most of our clients to this day. I uh, Monday, I was in a meeting and, and, and tomorrow I'll be a, uh, uh, um, meeting with the leadership up here in Chicago. And we're going to talk about things that they need to do, uh, conversations they need to have with the workers at their production facility. Um, and and how that leads to affecting safety, showing them you care, you know, showing them that you're listening, um, is a big deal. But I wanna, I wanna before I flip it back over to you, I want to talk about a great story I have. I was at a plant I um, actually had to build, visit a, a string of plants that make chains. I had no idea that chains are made regionally. There's not like one massive place that builds chains for the country. And we're talking like the big tow chain or the ones around semi trucks, big chains. And I went in he and there was a plant. Yes. So I went into this plant manager's office uh, after I was done with some training class. And he had a a huge framed like shadow box of this tie. And the tie had been cut off right below the knot. And then the other half was hanging down below. It was a nice display. And I said, dude, what's up with the tie? And he goes, great story on safety. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got caught in a machine. And that was my first thought. And he goes, no, 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 no. Because when I first started working here as a plant manager, I came in and I wore a tie all the time because I'm the boss. That's a symbol of being the boss is wearing a tie. I said, okay. And he said, I would walk out in the plant and they'd say, hey, sir, no ties they would yell it out at me and he said you know i'm the boss i'm in this other aisle i'm not going by that machine you know i i i don't have to follow that rule cuz i'm the plant manager and the machine knows not to grab my neck and pull it into the machine <laughs> you know i mean that that was his analogy said- yeah so about he said about the third time he walked out there a worker walked up to him with a pair of scissors and cut his tie off right below the knot and he said if you're not going to be safe sir let me help you be safe and That's he said so awesome it, it is and he actually <laughs> took the tie and had it mounted in a shadow box and puts it on his wall so he remembers no one is above safety and he said the leadership that that person displayed by saying i'm going to be that field leader that 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 natural organic leader and i'm going to help people, people be safe even though the boss doesn't know how to be safe uh, and instead said it changed him as a person uh and as a leader so so those are just two examples uh of things we do, Dave. Give me some more uh, uh, from from your vantage point of being out there and working with our clients on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, well, what you just said is something to actually think about because it it, it is uh, altering to your perception of leadership, um, and it's profound. So take a minute and think about that one. Um, one of the things that that I like to do is, you know, you talk about budgets and you talk about, you know, um, caring. So, uh, you know, you're always trying to you're always trying to save a little money here and there on the budget so you can do something at the end of the year. The employee doesn't see that. Right. You may have this uh, big project at the end of the year that you need to beautify your facility or buy new tools or w- whatnot. Um, put a little bit of thought in how you uh, uh, how you purchase your safety equipment. Um One of the things I would do is so uh, in in the former life, in the plant life, we would use a lot of PPE. So it was a very PPE heavy environment. Um, You were constantly in it. You've rarely ever got a break out of it and, you know, hot weather, yada, yada. So if I was going to consider changing PPE, I would always get a small sample and I would select a couple of uh, employees and say, Look, I trust you to evaluate this for the rest of the team um, in a real work environment. And I need your feedback on how it works because I don't want to purchase something that is going to be difficult to wear and difficult to use or may even tend to be a hazard. Um, And that got a lot of buy in. Right. So. It's like, well, you included us in the process. You didn't just go buy these these gloves or or you know these face shields or whatever because they were 50, 50 cents cheaper. You considered how do I feel wearing this all day? What is the level of protection? Um, they see that you're giving a lot of thought to it, right? So, right. Uh, including including your employees in the safety process as a leader whether you be the the foreman or whether you be the, the safety uh, manager, it's so, so important because guess what? They do know more about it than you. Um, yeah. You may know everything about doing it from a technical standpoint, but just book, you, because your book says they're doing it wrong doesn't mean it's wrong because they have their hands on it every day.
0: Yes. Um, you, you talk about budget, and this is one of the things that pops up often when I'm meeting with our clients is that, um, saying that we spend X amount of money on safety a year does not equal a budget. It's a reactionary number. So, so saying that we spend um, 1% of a person's salary is dedicated towards safety. That, that, that is budget. You're forecasting and you're planning in advance and going right back to what you were saying. Um, not all companies are are large enough or, or um, farther than, far enough down the safety road of, uh, systems development to have a safety committee or a team, but to find employees and say, I need to, to make the company grow in a direction to make it safer, to bring employees in to say, Hey, um, I want you to help me pick PPE out. Here's our budget. Um, you know, we have to buy the average employee goes through, uh, 10 pairs of glasses uh, a year, uh, our budget is $8 a pair. So that's $80 per year times 100 employee. That's $800 here. So we're going to spend, you know, anywhere from 800 to $2,000. Let's find the right glasses. You'd be surprised. You give the employees ownership of that process and they will own it and they will manage the money. They're not going to come in at the 2000 line. I love that. Well, One of the things that I truly, truly enjoy is when we write policies and procedures, leaders who are, who are, who think this way, um, of if I'm not in charge of this, the employees are, they will actually ask the employees to sit in and help make the rules. Now you have to be sure. compliant with OSHA, but how we write our policy and our procedure, who knows how to press the red button better than the guy who presses the red button every day?
1: You know? So there's there's a couple more things there. Um, yep. Safety committees are <laughs> super important that you managers, if you're there, you're only there to facilitate, stand yep. off to the side. Let the employees run it. When you give training, host training, don't give training. So um, now, you know, if, you, if it's an in-house training and it's, it's being given by a manager, make a pot of coffee, throw them a mm-hmm. donut. You know, not every not every professional coming in like like us consulting. We we can't always do that because we're coming off the road. We're coming in a facility. We don't know anybody there. You can have food allergies, yada, yada, yada. But if you know your folks, do something for them to make them feel like you are hosting the training and not not putting it in their a trainer. Right. Yeah. And do not read from a piece of paper. You know, yada, 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 and be yep. dry and boring. It's okay to throw other parts in and add lib a little bit. You know, as long as you, your training is factual, they will know that you're genuine. They, people smell BS all the time.
0: Absolutely. So be genuine, be sincere, um, be a servant leader. That, uh, uh, I didn't go to college until I was in my, uh, my, late 40s, early 50s. And I didn't graduate my master's until I was in my 50s. And 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 uh, for those of you who are not educational centric, I was not. Uh, I was a kid who graduated shop class in high school. That was my, my, my destiny. And it kind of morphed and changed. But when I graduated college, I kind of went through withdrawal that I had no more classes to take. And I wasn't interested in taking my PhD uh, program. Um, so I took a class just to audit it so I could like, work myself out of the educational mode. And I took one of the most impactful classes um, during my entire career as an audit. And it was called servant leadership. And, and um, you know, I, I love to tell you that it taught me everything. What it did is it validated 99% of what I do as a safety professional, as a leader, as somebody who runs a company um, and what the service <laughs> we provide. So it, there's a lot of courses out there on servant leadership. And Dave just described that. When you go into a room, um, and it's your employees, and you're trying to to write policy or procedure of how you're going to work safely, letting them set the rule, you will find them as responsible people who want to be safe. Um, and the analogy I love to use is um, when you were a teenager, Dave, and your parents got new white furniture, and they said, no eating or drinking in the living room. How long did it take you to break that rule? The second they left the house?
1: No. Have you seen my father? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so kids are more likely to break that rule because it's not
1: their oh, rule. But yeah, now, yeah,
0: I want you to think about the first time that you bought new furniture with your uh, with your boys, and how long it took you to break that rule of no eating or drinking on the new furniture. It took a lot well, longer. Yeah. Because it was your rule.
1: And it was my money.
0: (laughs) Yes. Again, you give the employees the budget. Yeah. You give them the, we have to be compliant with the law and you let them come up with the rule. They are far more likely to follow a rule that they made. And it's actually one of the things that we're actually really good at when we're writing manuals and policies and and people, we get this feedback from our clients all the time is we came up with the right rule. Yay. And I'm like, well, I actually helped you navigate that where you thought it was the right rule it's 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 safety people just so you know it's 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 hard leading people but we're pretty good at getting them to think it's their idea (laughs) so the whole not invented here thing is one of the things we're kind of good at so affecting the leadership uh is actually letting the employees lead uh giving them a chance to be in charge Uh, and it takes a long time it's a six nine twelve month process to get that ball rolling um, and if you don't have that skill set, bringing in somebody who is experienced in um, in behavior based stuff, and it's great to have guys like Chad uh, on our team who who's out today, but you know the psychology and and, and that to help affect change as a leader.
1: So I, I, I'll give a good example, and you know, not to offend anybody, you know, this is my take as a parent, but uh, and I, I learned it from my father. My father would not buy us a car. Now, some people don't buy their kids a car. They, they make the kids pay the insurance, whatever. But it's the skin in the game thing, right? So if we had to buy our own car, um, the kids who bought their own cars compared to the kids who did not, uh, you know, you might've had a beat up old junker, but, you know, you went out immediately, you cleaned your car, you were out there polishing it, you had the best pine, pine air freshener hanging mm-hmm. up there that money could buy. Two of, them. two of them. Yeah, well, you needed two because it was an old junker. <laughs> I had good had
0: 1965 but, Chevy Bel Air four-door maroon, three on the tree. And I didn't need the uh, pine air freshener because there were so many rust holes in the body and the floor. It had a pretty good breeze blowing through there at all times.
1: I had a 67 Cutlass convertible that I bought for 500 bucks from uh, a family friend. Uh,
0: I dug a guy's wine cellar in the side of his basement wall one summer and had to carry all the buckets out by hand They dug this eight by eight uh hole in the wall so he could have a wine cellar and he gave me the car for it
1: well the, and there you go so it was it, it had value right because you were part of the process um you had to earn it and and about the uh the servant leadership uh so if you just uh You don't necessarily have to go to college for that. No. Uh, But what you have to do is you have to be self-aware. You have to examine yourself. You have to be willing to change and grow and and treat people the way you want to be treated. And once you've learned that process, um, your world changes. Uh, Coming out of the military, like Tim and I did, the first thing you want to do when you come out of the military is bark because – the level of buy-in in the military is a hundred percent because you put yourself there. Yep. Right. You put yourself there. You were willing. And this was the expectation. Um, that is not the way to lead in the real world. None whatsoever. <laughs> uh, the
0: leadership books I have is, is uh, the stack is, is huge. We read a book, every month as a company and review it for leadership so that we stay fresh with ideas. And, and one of the books that I have never bring out is the, um, Marine war fighting manual. Number one, (laughs) it's there. I've read it. I know what it says. I've lived it. The whole concept of fire team leaders and, uh, it's a great concept, but it doesn't always play well in the civilian world. Um, but yeah, I, I, what do you think, Dave? Do you think we should talk about our book of the month uh, each month? Do you think that's so good to take that out for the podcast?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. That might be a good thing. But have to choose one, it'll force me to read faster. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, folks, I want to stay committed to our 30-minute uh, uh, window for this morning podcast. That wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Tim Newbauer. Chad's off today, and that's Dave Bittner.
1: Remember, safety is everyone's business. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review.
0: And visit our website at exceedsafety.com. You've been listening to Safety Unlocked, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety. Visit our website at exceedsafetyllc.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. We want you to succeed. We'll help you exceed. Exceed Safe.